Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello and welcome to the show, folks. We are going to do this a little bit differently because we have the Thanksgiving games. So we're going to do these uh, picks uh, for the Thanksgiving games and going to get through some news items as well. So, yeah, uh, today's episode is just going to concentrate strictly on the Thanksgiving games ahead of the holiday and you know we'll uh we'll circle back later on once we get more information for the sunday games but you know news items of note uh after that putrid performance yet again by the giants jason garrett has been relieved of his duties not surprisingly considering that the giants and you know i keep making this joke with folks and like people People like th- thought I was joking about how bad the Giants' offense uh, operated, but the issue remains the fact that just to speak to the depths of ineptitude of the Giants, since 2020, when uh, you've had Garrett as the offense coordinator, the Giants offensively rank 32nd in touchdown scored since 2020 there are only 32 teams in the nfl so by virtue of math that would say you are the worst offensive coordinator in the entire league the giants scored 42 offensive touchdowns there are 16 games per year in the nfl now it's 17 but (laughs) just think about this the giants who literally played half the over half the season already this year. They are 3 and 7 now. They played 26 games and scored 42 touchdowns on offense. I I, I don't understand how it's even remotely possible you weren't fired sooner. Like to me, this is what what I, I don't understand why people are even saying it's surprising that the Giants fired uh, Jason Garrett. The only surprise, like 
surprised that the Giants would fire a guy before Thanksgiving. The surprise is that they allowed him to stay and just run the team into the ground. You could have fired Jason Garrett before the Raiders game. You let him hang around. You win the Raiders game. But the team still didn't look good uh, in that Raiders game. The only reason why I gave the Giants offense a shot against Tampa is because the secondary is so bad. The Giants have enough skill position players. You would think you would try to push the ball down the field. The Giants' longest pass attempt was by their wide receiver. over, And it was the only pass attempt that was over 30 yards in air yards. From their wide receiver, Kadarius Toney, not their actual quarterback, Daniel Jones. So, you tell me what what is surprising about Jason Garrett getting fired, other than it took this long. The Giants, I'll read off the teams that are ahead of the Giants in terms of offensive touchdowns. The Jets, 46th in the league. Sam Darnold got fired and traded uh, uh, to Carolina. Zach Wilson looks like a disaster and it's only because Mike Smith like had a game that like the Jets aren't right there with the Giants in terms of being dead freaking last in terms of offensive uh, touchdowns Jaguars uh, 52 offensive touchdowns the less said about Urban Meyer the better in, in his rookie year 29th the Bears and Matt Nagy who if we believe re, uh, reports is going to get fired after this Thanksgiving game. Now that's, now that's effed up. <laughs> you make the man work on Thanksgiving. <laughs> instead of just being with his family. If you just fired him before Thanksgiving, because he's going to get paid regardless. So why are you forcing him to work through Thanksgiving? Like I said, if he gets fired after the Thanksgiving game, that might be the most effed up situation imaginable. Um, but well-deserved firing, considering he's supposed to be an offensive guru. Uh, 54 touchdowns uh, for the Bears. 28, the Broncos. 55 offensive touchdowns. Woo! Man, Vic Fangio. Uh, <laughs> the less said, the better. 27, uh, Washington. Uh, yeah, Ron Rivera's had a lot of issues with that team. Um, you know, injuries, like no healthy quarterbacks. You know, it, it is what it is. 26, the Panthers at 57 touchdowns. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, like you read off some of these other teams. Then you got the Falcons, the Texans, the Dolphins, the Patriots, uh, post Tom Brady, the Lions. And that, and that's you, 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 like your, your, your bottom 11 scoring teams. The the most is the Lions at uh, Lions and Pats tied at sixty one, but the bottom eleven, sixty one touchdowns from the Lions and Patriots. Yeah, not great, but it's still. <laughs> I mean, when you're the Giants at forty two offensive touchdowns, you and you are that far behind the bottom third. Like it tells you how bad you are comparatively to you who are supposed to be your peers struggling. Like there's a reason why the giants have had a decade of futility. They ruined the last couple of years of Eli Manning's career and everyone wanted to blame it on Eli. No, it's not. It's not Eli's fault. We talked about the offensive line. Like we talked about the organizational issues this team has where they don't actually understand what they're doing. 
Like, none of this has changed. None of it. And so, yes, Jason Garrett's part of the problem, but it's a systemic issue wherein Dave Gettleman has not addressed the offensive line. So, long and short of it is, you know, if Joe Judge wants to play this out and have any chance at a a future career coaching the Giants long term, he actually needs to figure out a way of uh, setting up Daniel Jones to fail so he can draft uh so he can actually because the the play would be draft a new QB but that's a short term play that's what got Nagy fired drafting a QB only accelerates the timetable on you if you can't get him to produce early they're just going to find someone else who will so it's like you better be sure that guy can get it done immediately to save your job because if he can't and you need lead up time you will not have that job. The key, and no one's really talking about this, the key for Joe Judge, he has to set up Daniel Jones to fail, then convince Russell Wilson to force his way out of Seattle via trade to the Giants. Because the Giants will have the draft picks. Seattle does not have the draft picks. Because the competition for Russell Wilson via trade is likely to come down to and the Jets can say whatever they want. If there's a chance they can get Russell Wilson, they're going to try to trade Zach Wilson as part of that trade to get Russell Wilson. If uh, Russ is open to the idea of going to the Jets, which given the fact that uh, his wife is Ciara, uh, the recording artist, being with any New York team is probably going to be good enough for Russ at this stage in his career. Yes, Russ wants to win, but at the end of the day, the marketing opportunities alone in New York as seen with Carmelo Anthony is good enough that if you get the bag, it won't really matter if you win or lose. So to me, this becomes pretty straightforward in terms of what Joe judge needs to do. If he wants to stick around with the giants long-term, whether or not he does that, who knows, but it's pretty clear cut in my opinion. If he's, if he's actually going to play the Game of Thrones that usually what it uh, takes to last in the NFL is <laughs> is being cutthroat enough to set uh, set more people up to fail. And believe me, Daniel Jones does not need much to fail on his own. Daniel Jones is a, you know, my draft assessment on him looks better every single day that he is a career backup QB uh, with a ceiling of Ryan Tannehill. And, Again, Ryan Tannehill still needs a lot of pieces around him to be viable as a starting QB. If, if you put Ryan Tannehill on a bad team, he's he's just going to be bad. So the Giants have so much work to do that it's still going to be really tough sledding for quite some time for the Giants. They like to me, Joe Judge. If he's smart, he's going to have to set up a way where he kind of gets Danny Jones out of there. Because if you prolong it where Daniel Jones just kind of meanders, you're still getting fired anyway. And then they're going to clean house anyway. Because the fan base just isn't going to tolerate it. So, you've got your scapegoat in Jason Garrett. Dave Gettleman's going to be forced out into the sunset. But long term, to survive, you're you're running out of bullets. And the remaining bullet you have to throw under the bus is Daniel Jones. 
So, whether by hook or by Kirk, in this next uh, couple of games uh, to close out the year, you kind of have to let Jones fail to then set up the narrative that you know I don't have the quarterback either, and we need and we need to reboot everything and let me be in charge of everything to figure out if we can bring in uh, someone, which I think opens up the opportunity for uh, getting John Mara to be on board with a Russell Wilson trade, because that is long-term the best, the best way for Joe judge to uh, cement his power and stick around in the league, trying to draft another QB. You kind of set yourself up for failure uh, and you'll, you'll more than likely end up in the same spot. Matt Nagy is in right now. So with that being said, let's get into uh, these Thanksgiving games with the picks. Uh, yeah, Matt Nagy likely to be fired imme- uh, after this Thanksgiving game. I have no idea how that even remotely makes sense. Chicago is still favored by three on the road against the Lions. Yes, we know the Lions are winless at 0-9 and one tie. Here's the issue. Chicago's not much better than the Lions. I can't see how you're taking the Lions, uh, like Chicago, like the the, uh, the pick, uh, most of these picks pools uh, open up at Lions plus three and a half. The Lion has moved down to three. I still think this line is too rich. I, I, I will easily take the Lions uh, here because here at the end of the day, could Chicago win this game? Of course. Like, have you seen the Lions quarterback play? Of course they can win this game. But when have you known anyone where you don't like your boss and it's already rumored that your boss is likely to be fired? Like, since when do employees play, like, harder for a boss that they don't like when they know he's just about on the way out? Why would they risk potentially extending him out any further? If they already did not like him, because the most of the reports from the Bears locker room is the team turned on him last year. It only got worse this year, and it's led to some head scratching performances across the board. And the offense is still terrible. So why would I be remotely comfortable taking the Bears as a favorite on the road? When the Thanksgiving game is the Super Bowl for the Lions, because the Lions are almost always out of contention by Thanksgiving, this is the opportunity for Lions players to get their name out there and put out their tape for their agents to negotiate a new contract with the Lions or to get traded uh, by the Lions. Or if they're a pending free agent, they really ball out on Thanksgiving just so they get teams to notice them because it's the only game playing. This is a nationally televised game. It's Thanksgiving uh, day. Everyone's home. You've got everyone's eyes on the tube because they're with their families, but yes, they're still going to watch football at 1230. Like you've got the, uh, uh, some of the biggest set of eyes uh, outside of all three of the games. This is one that a lot of times uh, gets watched. The only reason why people miss it is because they're still traveling to uh, wherever they're celebrating Thanksgiving uh, to watch the game. So, yeah, this is a this is an awful spot, to, to, in my opinion, for the Bears. Yeah, could they win it? Yeah, but, like, the Lions are actually 
it's like this is one of the few games the Lions are actually motivated for. So to me, it doesn't matter if Jared Goff plays or not. You still have DeAndre Swift in play. Now, it is always troubling the fact that a guy like Josh Reynolds, who got cut by the Rams, then got cut by the Titans because they they even had uh, five uh, five receivers better than Josh Reynolds. So he got cut by two teams. And within a month, he's already the number one receiver on the Lions. That's always a troubling sign. <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day, if we're being honest with ourselves, I I kind of look at it from uh, from the standpoint of, listen, this Chicago team, if you if we're being honest with ourselves, it's a short week. Why are the Bears going all out for a coach that they didn't like in the first place? Why? Because they heard he's getting fired. Like people are thinking that this is a, a win one for the Gipper kind of situation. Uh, yes. Could the Bears also be motivated to try to ball on Thanksgiving Day? Yeah, I I, I do actually like Darnell Mooney because uh, Mooney actually has the speed on the Bears uh, to break loose and get uh, and get going. Now, the question I have is no one seems to know if John, uh, uh, Justin Fields or Andy Dalton starting the game for the Bears. I kind of think that it looks more like Justin Fields is is going to play because, again, if you're trying to evaluate Justin Fields, he needs to play as many games as possible. But, you know, there, uh, there, there is almost no reason how Justin Fields should be playing games if not for the Bears' ownership telling Matt Nagy he has to play Justin Fields. Because Justin Fields is struggling with uh, is struggling with the fact that he's not picking up Matt Nagy's system. I blame that more on Matt Nagy than Justin Fields. But it, it seems as though the uh, Nagy was, had previously named Dalton the starter because it looked like it was going to be Dalton. And then last night it came out that uh, George McCaskey, uh, uh, the operating owner of the Bears, basically told Nagy he has to start Justin Fields tomorrow. Uh, You know, again, this is early morning because, like, I'm getting this from news last night. I'm recording this, like, uh, so this is early Wednesday. So we'll know more Thursday, but realistically, I think the uh, I, I think it's 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 getting pretty obvious that Nagy is not running the Bears. They just didn't want the optics of firing him before Thanksgiving, even though it it's kind of ludicrous because it's not like he's not going to get paid. He's his contract's guaranteed, unlike players. So. Who cares if you fire him before or after? If anything, having him have time to spend time with his family on Thanksgiving would be the more humane way of going. But, I, but you know, whatever, whatever. I, 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 don't, I don't really want to dive into this. I'm just looking at this from if this comes down to Justin Fields starting, the only players I would have interest in on the Bears offensively would be Darnell Mooney, 
because Fields did have chemistry with Mooney and also David Montgomery because the Bears are going to be running the ball as much as possible to keep it as straightforward as possible. The Lions have given up the second most rushing yards uh, per game in the NFL this year. The only other team that goes up there would be, uh, I believe it's still uh, Raiders number one, um, who we have later on today. Um, uh, It's either the Raiders or the Dolphins, but like, like, like I said, the Lions are like top three. And the Raiders are also top three uh, between the Raiders and the Dolphins. Like those are like the three worst rushing defenses in the league. So to me, it's just the fact that David Montgomery has the lion's share of the carries from uh, the Bears. Uh, he doesn't really have that much of a way of a timeshare with uh, Khalil Herbert. So I think you're going to get a bunch of carries uh, for David Montgomery. And I still like uh, DeAndre Swift because we don't know for sure if um, Ansa is uh, is playing for the Bears. So, uh, you know, y- you kind of have to look at the Bears injury report. We're not going to know that now, but the Bears have had so many... Um, the Bears have had so many injuries on the interior front, and you know Khalil Mack, he uh, he's been in and out. Like the problem is that, uh, honestly, you 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 just have a very shallow Bears defense. So to me, even with uh, if the Bears get up, you still got dump offs to DeAndre Swift. I I just think Swift is a great play for DFS wise. Uh, pricing wise, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter salary wise on a three game slate anyway. I I really believe that like you, you can get different in other ways and try more pump plays. So you're just trying to get the home run hitters. Uh, and the fact that we still don't know Alvin Kamara's status of, uh, because both he and Mark Ingram have been injured. Uh, so we actually have to keep our eyes peeled as well. And I'll get, I'll get to uh, the play that no one, you have to have at least one lineup in, in place uh, for him in case this works out. And I'll, I'll get to that. But like I said, if for core build, I like Montgomery and Deandre Swift. I don't have any issues playing those guys. But outside of that, uh, for the Bears offense, I'm just playing Mooney. Uh, that That's about it. Now, on the Lions side, it's Swift. And I know people are going to go to TJ Hawkinson uh, against the Bears defense. It's nothing wrong with Hawkinson. I just don't think his uh, ceiling is that much better than a, a Dawson Knox uh, playing uh, at night against uh, New Orleans and pricing wise Knox is cheaper so will I have some bills with Hawkinson yeah I'll I'll, I'll probably put a bill together uh and have a you know depending on who we get for named as a starter uh, I was like I'll probably put in one lineup where we got uh Jared Goff or Tim Boyle as bad as Tim Boyle is just to get different because it's a three game slate it's not a main slate it's a three game slate 
you know, someone can fall down in coverage and it changes the slate entirely. Like weird things happen that you have to account for in a three game slate because it's so highly concentrated. So you have to kind of keep your mind open to uh, certain fluke possibilities that happen in games when it's uh, this condensed. But yeah, I like Dawson Knox more than TJ Hawkinson. Uh, so on the Lions side, it's really just DeAndre Swift. And because, like I said, all these wide receivers are terrible on the uh, Detroit side, I'm going to be very limited on Detroit in terms of ownership. I just think that this game with the lowest total, it's more than likely that it's just running backs uh, only by and large and, and builds. And that's not the worst idea in the world. So I'll leave it at that. Uh, next up, we got uh, the Raiders traveling to Dallas to play the Cowboys in the afternoon game. You know, this is a seven and a half point spread for the uh, the Cowboys. Honestly, it could have been 10 and I'd still take the Cowboys here. The Raiders are bad run defense. Bad. Like, this is one of the few spots where I could say I don't have an issue playing uh, Ezekiel Elliott, even though he's the second best running back on that team. What I am going to say, though, is I will have a bunch of Tony Pollard lineups uh, this week because uh, his ownership is going to be way lower than Zeke. Everyone's going to be expecting Zeke uh, getting the big runs, but the Raiders' D-line uh, D is so weak against the run that the more likely scenario is Tony Pollard breaks off a big run and accelerates to the point where he gets the uh, uh, run to the house and Zeke doesn't get the vulture because the, what we know about Zeke is he doesn't have the breakaway speed anymore, so all of his runs usually contain themselves to... Uh, within uh, 15 to 20 yards. Like, that's his cap because he can't get away from anyone anymore. So, to me, Zeke's touchdown scenarios come from the fact that he has to get in, in uh, the goal line scenarios to get there for touchdowns. I think Pollard can break one to the house at any point against this Raiders team. So, I would pivot. It's like, I'm not going to say, no, you can't play Ezekiel Elliott uh, because pricing-wise... You know, he's not he's not that expensive, uh, in my opinion. He's only 8K at eight, uh, on DraftKings. He's 8.4 of FanDuel. Uh, you know, you can get to Zeke and make it work. I just think that a better way of going about it is playing Tony Pollard at... Zeke will probably have five times the ownership of Tony Pollard. Uh, I don't have any projections or leans on how the projections are going to go, but it wouldn't shock me if Zeke is closer to 40 to 50% owned and Tony Pollard looks, comes in under 10. It wouldn't shock me. And to me, I think Tony Pollard's ceiling is not that much different. Yeah. Could Zeke catch a bunch of passes and run for three touchdowns? Yeah, it's absolutely possible. But I think Tony Pollard can get two touchdowns in this game. And Tony Pollard gets two touchdowns in this game. You're going to need Tony Pollard in the winning lineup. Uh, just because of some of the other guy, uh, folks you can shove in. Unless this uh, the Lions-Bears game goes off completely. Uh, and I'll talk about this as well. I, I think you're going to need Tony Pollard if he gets multiple touchdowns in the winner. 
Uh, on the Cowboys side, we still don't know if uh, Cedric Wilson, I mean, uh, uh, Cedric Wilson, C.D. Lamb is going to be healthy uh, because he was in concussion pro- protocol. They are already down Amari Cooper because of the vaccination status and lying to the NFL about his status. So he's he's out for this game as well. So if we don't have CeeDee Lamb, it comes down to Michael Gallup as the one, Cedric Wilson as the two. Yes, it was a bad outing against the Chiefs. No question. But with the play action going and the run game going as it should against uh, the Raiders because the Raiders can't stop the run, uh, there should be opportunities at home, on, on in dome, on turf, that Wilson and Gallup both can have monster games, especially if Lamb misses. If Lamb misses, it, it, it makes it a crappier slate because you're forced to lock in Gallup or Wilson. Like, you, you, you can fade one, maybe. You can't fade both. It, like this is uh, this is going to be, going to be incredibly hard to avoid playing both guys. Uh, I, I don't I don't see how I, I don't see how because uh, the the Giants I mean the, the Cowboys have an implied total of twenty nine points and and it's the largest. Uh, expectation of points in the game i think they probably break over 30 to be honest uh i can't see the raiders putting up that much of a fight on thanksgiving i i, I really don't i think they get smashed and this is why i think pollard is such a dangerous play uh that you should be rostering because to me this screams tony pollard having a monster game it just it it just seems uh in line for him to just smash in this spot. So I, I would go towards uh, Tony Pollard in, in this spot uh, in terms of the roster construction. And then depending on what we get from news, I think at least Gallup or Wilson has to be in the mix uh, for your builds. If lambs out, if lambs in, then certainly you can play lamb uh, at seven K on DraftKings. Uh fan duel pricing. It's actually uh, uh, seventy seven hundred. Uh, not again. It's it's manageable. Like all the pricing this week. What's annoying about the Thanksgiving game pricing is that it's soft. So it, they make it easier on both of the sites to build if you're a casual player. So for someone like me, it's annoying because you know. I can gimmick and try to come up with different ways of slanting it, but it they kind of made this pricing very much is plug and play on this slate. But uh, I think if uh, if Lamb sits, it makes it even an even chalkier slate. I'm not playing Hunter Renfro. No, the issue with playing Hunter Renfro is you need him to get a touchdown. Because he's not getting, he's not going to get you 150 yards receiving. Like it's just like he he's just not that guy to break 100 yards receiving. It's just even even in the event of a blowout, because the Cowboys are going to grind down the clock quickly. So I don't see enough reps for Hunter Renfro to get there unless he scores a touchdown. 
uh, to me, he has to score a touchdown in order to pay off uh, true value. I would rather play Gallup and uh, Wilson together than play Hunter Renfro because I know in the night slate, there's going to be opportunities for Buffalo's receivers to score. And I would like that play more than trying to bank on a Hunter Renfro blowout script run where he's catching uh, a bunch of passes underneath from uh, David Carr and I mean, Derek Carr and, and kind of go from there. But I'm thinking, I'm thinking of giants players is what I say. I'm saying David Carr. Um, but it really, it's like, I don't like the Raiders pieces in this matchup. Uh, to me, Darren Waller, again, I like Dawson Knox uh, in the pr- primetime slate. So it doesn't, yeah, you could play Darren Waller. It's like, I will have, like, I'm not outright fading plays outside of the Renfro I, I already talked about. It's just, you know, I, I just, I don't see the value. I don't see the value. Uh, but it, it just, it just isn't there. So I'm, I'm moving on, uh, next up, uh, because I, I already told you like this, this is a pretty straightforward slate in my opinion, Buffalo at new Orleans. Uh, the big news here in new Orleans, no one knows if, uh, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram are actually going to be able to play. They didn't practice yesterday. Uh, they're both on the injury report with different injuries and you know, short week they're banged up. This could be the Taysom Hill game because they haven't used Taysom. Sean Payton still refuses to use Taysom. No one understands uh, what's going on. Taysom gets yet another extension that I laughed about yet another extension. Why on earth is he not playing? So if Kamara and Ingram miss, I am going to play a Taysom Hill lineup because I have to think Sean Payton is working on something with Taysom Hill that none of us knows, and he and he's not naming him the starter to 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 catch us off guard. But I, like this, just it boggles the mind that we, you could possibly miss both Ingram and Kamara if they both sit tomorrow night, and obviously we won't know. But it boggles the mind that Taysom would not be prominently featured because the only other running back would be Tony Jones at min price on DraftKings at 4K, 4800 on FanDuel. You would have to play Tony Jones at least in one or two lineups just on the possibility because he's going to get all the work and you can load up all the receivers, all the stud receivers, so you can load up as CD Lamb plays, if uh if you could load up on all the star players, go cheap with Taysom, play Tony Jones. I'm telling you, like, I will have one of these lineups, and if they don't play, obviously the lineup's dead. Uh, if they if if Kamara and Ingram play, it, the lineup's probably dead. But it's like, you know, sometimes you have to take these chances with just playing Taysom and Tony Jones together, cheap and loading up on plays, and and, and just go for it. Uh, to get different on a three game slate, but I like playing taste, uh, uh, Stefan Diggs. I like playing Josh Allen, like in terms of standard builds, like I have no issues with playing, uh, Josh Allen and Diggs. A- after that's yet another stink bomb. And I talked about the regression in, in Josh Allen. 
And so now people are starting to chirp. It's a primetime game. This is actually one of those games where it's like, okay, they fell flat on their face yet again. They are in the dome. It's going to be loud in the Superdome. They actually need to show up and ball out because New England is at the top of the division. They don't have any uh, uh, wiggle room to start effing around any further. Like, they actually have to get going now. So now it's like it's getting real in terms of playoff pursuit for Buffalo. I think they show up and ball out today. I mean, ball out tomorrow. So I will be playing uh, Buffalo as well uh, in stacks with uh, Diggs and Allen and have some Emmanuel Sanders as well and a trick on to it. I like, I think that game could shoot out more, especially if Dallas just, it, 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 it it goes under and Dallas just grinds it out with Tony Pollard. Like, I I think it very well possible. Dallas uh, isn't the highest scoring team tomorrow. It ends up being Buffalo and and New Orleans. I, I think that game could shoot out, but we won't know the news until late night. So you have to prep yourself with your builds. So I would still say you can have, a Taysom Tony Jones build with all the studs. And yes, if it busts, it busts. Or you could load up with Josh Allen and play uh, some, uh, some of the cheaper guys I had already mentioned uh, with uh, most of the studs in the Buffalo New Orleans game. So Traquan Smith is 5,900. Uh, he could uh, put up uh, a, a, a big spot. I actually like Traquan again. Way better upside, in my opinion, than what you would get with a Hunter Renfro. And they're in the same price range. So, again, you have to try to get creative when it comes to uh, these types of games. Uh, oh, actually, he's 5400 on uh, FanDuel. It's 4400 on DraftKings. Even better pricing on DraftKings. Uh, but I, I think you have to think about it in terms of uh, how it... Now, when I'm talking about Traquan and Callaway, I'm talking about it in, in games where it doesn't feature Taysom because Taysom's not a passer. So if Taysom's playing, you run him either naked or run him with Tony Jones because Tony Jones is so cheap, and you run it back with all the stud receivers that you can think of in terms of uh, Diggs, Sanders, you load up, maybe CeeDee Lamb plays. Uh, you load uh, load up uh, with uh, a Darren Waller or, or Hawkinson. Like, that's how you can build out th- that roster. But in my opinion, I, I think uh, you have to at least consider the possibility of Taysom Hill having a prominent role tomorrow night because the fact that Kamara and Ingram weren't practicing this close to the game, that's the worrisome sign that they're, they're probably going to rest them uh, tomorrow given the short week and not risk the rest of their season because they need those guys down the stretch. So uh, in terms of uh, the line, this one's going to be the hardest one to call because it's it, the bills are favored by four and a half. We won't know the news until later on the night. I would lean more towards Buffalo winning that game and covering just knowing what I know now. And I'm expecting them to sit, to be honest. So this line could shift up to uh, six or more, uh, depending on you know how the line, uh, how how we how we get further news. But I, I think it's very real that uh, 
you we lose uh, both Kamara and Ingram ahead of that game, and it becomes a Taysom game. So that's why I'm building. Uh, but uh, good luck to you all. Have a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving with uh, your families, wherever you're celebrating. Uh, thanks again for listening. Enjoy the turkey and everything else. Uh, I'll have some stuff uh, uh, cooking for Black Friday and just my thoughts in general about things to look out for because pricing is going to be different than this year. So just be prepared, folks. Don't go crazy in the stores. Uh, I, I, you know, if that floats your boat, God bless. But uh, that's definitely not the track I would go, especially this year. But uh, that's all for now, everyone. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.